Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this day, Lord, for giving us the gift of faith that your Spirit works within us, or that within that gift, You spend the entirety of our life with you, nurturing and cultivating that faith within us. Lord, we would ask this morning that you break your word small, fit for our consumption. In your name we pray. Amen. So you cannot see it. It's not shown well. But today I dressed for the occasion and made sure to wear my Denver Broncos tie. Don't worry, I get booed in my own house. I may not always get to watch football the way that I would like to, but I love the game and I loved being able to play the game as a youth. And the game was different back then. You were learning the mechanics of things and you were figuring out the rules and the boundaries and the offense and the defense and all of the intricacies of the various plays. And I didn't really have to worry about the hard stuff because I was built to be a lineman. I had one job. Don't let anybody through the line. Protect the quarterback. But you know if you're standing on the line and your job is to stay in one place and you cannot move and the defense stands on the other side and the whole time they're trying to get you to jump. They're trying to get you to move so you step off sides. In our faith walk with Jesus, the devil works the exact same way. We stand on the line of faith that Christ has given us through his own life and living, and the devil spends the entirety of his existence trying to get us to step over and step off sides. See, God gives us boundaries to operate within. And within those boundaries, He gives us this amazing gift of faith where we see the playbook, the grand design, the way that He works to take us all the way home. Not just from one play to the next, but all the way past the end zone and all the way back to celebrate the victory. I would invite you this morning, if you have brought your Bible along with you, to turn to James chapter 2. If not, that's fine. You can always find the sermon outline if it is not printed for you in the morning. It is always on the website where the sermon audio can also be found if you want to be able to catch up or you've missed a week. 
This week marks the beginning of a new series on offsides. And by the definition given in the NFL League rulebook, a player is offside when any part of his body is in or beyond the neutral zone or beyond a restraining line when the ball is put in play. Faith allows us to see how boundaries benefit us as believers. Throughout the entire narrative of God's relationship with his people, he shows us exactly where the edge is, how far we can go, just how close to the line we can be without crossing it. He says, don't touch Trust me and don't eat the fruit. He says, be obedient and follow my commands. Be faithful and don't cheat on me with other gods when we get into the promised land. They're literally carved in stone. In our reading today, the author of James writes and says, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. Right? The very first commandment, Thou shalt have no other gods. The second commandment, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Third commandment, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, and so on and so forth. And if we break one, we are guilty of them all. There is no distinction between one sin from another. God shows us where the edge is, and then he shows us exactly how far he will go. He steps up to the edge, sees how far we have fallen, enters into our mess, and then goes beyond death, descends into hell and on the third day rose again to sound familiar. And then he ascends into heaven. God alone sets the line between the holy and the defiled, the saint and the sinner, the rich and the poor. And we thank God for that. You see, our line that we draw in the sand is never as grace-filled or forgiving as his is. And it can't be. He is God and we are not. There's a very clear reason why in our reading today, James writes and says, My brothers, 
show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. You see, our eyes in the Holy Spirit are blind to what makes us great. And in our own sight, it also prevents us from seeing the deficiencies of our neighbor. There are no distinctions. No, this sin is okay. I am okay with gossip, but I am not okay with murder. I am okay with a little white lie or maybe somebody might get hurt here or they're never going to know, but I am not okay with adultery. Right? We have this ability to go, I am all right, I am comfortable with this sin, but this one is unacceptable. And we do it every single day. But sin is sin, and there is no distinction between one sin and another. If we are guilty of one, we are guilty of them all. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith. I met a woman a while back that was looking for some Christian counseling and it just kind of came up in the conversation and she says, I can't go to church. They're so hypocritical. Yes. Tell me more. Vos is das. What does this mean? And she said, I don't understand how the church can take such a hard stance on anti-abortion, pro-life, sanctity of life issues, and yet be so unwelcoming to single mothers and parents of children born out of wedlock. You're all about what happens to the baby when it's in the womb, but once it's born, where are you now? You see, this used to all be where the church had a voice, and at some point we said, guess what? The state is more equipped to handle this than we are, and we stepped back and went, you got it. And then we wonder why we have issues. The beautiful bit about Christ's church is that everyone has a place. It doesn't matter how broken you are or what broken place you come from or what baggage you bring. You belong here. You have a place. There are no distinctions. And so by faith, we are called 
that when we catch ourselves falling into this trap of saying we're okay with this sin, but we're not comfortable with this one, then we throw the flag and we call it offsides. Because it's not about us. It's all about him. James writes and says, A man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in. And to the rich man you say, Come, sit here in a good place. But to the man in shabby clothing you say, You stand over there or you can come sit at my feet. Christ goes to great length to elevate the least of these to places of prominence at his table. None of us are the greatest. And outside of Christ, we are all the least of these. And in Christ, we are equal. There are no distinctions. Over the past couple weeks and months, the mantra that I have shared with you that I hope begins to sink in is that we are a church that walks with broken people through really hard stuff and we don't stop on the other side. And just for the record, this isn't something that I'm just kind of pitching out at you. This is the way you were long before I got here. This is your DNA. You were already doing this. And the way that we do this is through acts of service, intentional discipleship, and invitations to worship. See, acts of service are more than just saying, yeah, you know what, I said I would say a prayer for LSSA and the work that they're doing, but I've never actually been there. I don't even know anybody that they've served. That's great. Pray. We need prayer. Pray abundantly. Pray unceasingly. Never stop. Pour it out like crazy. But at the same time, our time with others is best spent in our common sense of humanity. We are called to pray for our neighbors and to pray for our community. But to do so requires that we actually spend time with them to know what and how to pray for and with them. Being able to partner with community crisis or community pregnancy center. It used to be crisis pregnancy center. Now it's community pregnancy center, which is a far better articulation of what they do. That's one opportunity to serve and be a blessing. And we'll have another opportunity in a few months when we do the tie blankets again. 
But there are so many others. Along with other churches and communities of faith around Anchorage for the next four weeks, we are committing to pray for our city and for our neighbors and for the way that acts of violence impact our community and our neighbors. You see, it's not about us, and it's bigger than anything that we can imagine, and it's all about the way that God does kingdom work here. We're invested. We care. We are rich beyond imagination when we are content with what God has given us. Don't forget who all of this belongs to, and we are only stewards of those gifts. Boundaries remind us of what is really important. Because people always come first. I hardly ever get anything done when I have my office door open. And most days I love it because I've got people in and out every day and it's amazing. And if I'm not here with people, I'm out with people. People always come first. Faith is a work of the Holy Spirit. And apart from the Spirit, that faith is dead. See, throughout Luther's career as a reformer, he latched on to the Pauline letters about the way that Paul says that we are saved by grace through faith so that no man can boast. And he wrestled with James chapter 2, verse 17, because here the author says, faith without works is dead. And context is really important. Because we place Luther on a pedestal and we forget that how broken the man really was, how much baggage he brought out of his experience of being battered by a church. Where the church said, the only way for you to be saved and to merit your salvation is to say the right words, do the right works, and make sure you toe the party line. And so when Luther sees this and it says, faith without works is dead, of course it raises hair up on the back of his neck and he says, oh, wait a second. We are saved apart from our works. It's something else, but our works reflect our faith. The work of faith turns something worthless into something worth dying for. So the notion of partiality and bias is foreign to faith. No amount of work on our part 
will ever erase or absolve our past, and it doesn't need to. But instead, our works through faith demonstrates Christ's redemptive actions in us. Faith without works is dead. In other words, faith leads us to confess our sins, to receive the words of forgiveness and grace for those sins. That we actually believe that Jesus' words have the power to work redemption in even the most seemingly hopeless and unforgivable of circumstances. That in fact, the dead do rise. You see, I have zero interest in seeing church growth for the sake of our own ego. I have zero interest in seeing seats filled so we can feel better about what we do. And if that is what we are about, we have missed the point. But I also believe that people are hungry to hear the hope that goes beyond the grave. And that the work of Christ's church is to outgrow our spaces in ministry because of the work that God does in and through them for the sake of the people we serve beside. Because people need a place where they know they can belong where there is no partiality and no distinction, but just that they belong. A wise man said, you are welcome where I am welcome. And I've said before that I love the way that the church sign would have said, Someone in here has messed it up worse than you have out there. That's the church. That's faith. Intentional discipleship is where faith is evident in our works, consistent in our speech, and known by our love. So we are called to model what that looks like and to walk with others in doing the same. But as we invite and encourage others to join us in worship, to join us in the fellowship of faith that gathers here in this place, faith keeps us in bounds on the right side of the action and shows us where to celebrate. You see, sometimes the things that we celebrate as a church are things that you don't even know about because the situation is that messed up. And we give thanks to God for the way that he works in spite of it. The next few weeks... Our message series will dive us deeper into what God says 
about going off sides and how he calls us to live a life of faith through his works so that no man can boast and so that he always gets the glory now and forevermore. Amen.